Winning music means that the Steelers did indeed move to 4-0 and with the game against the Eagles on Sunday. This is episode 59 of the UK Steelers podcast. You join us always by me, Simon Wynn Stanley, and the three co-hosts, Rich Cetrone, Gavin Marshall, and Dave Hart. How are you doing, guys? Not bad, not bad. Welcome to the Chase K. Claypool fancast. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the dissection of the Fulgham Massacre? Oh, no. Mm. Well, that's to be decided, I suppose, isn't it? We'll find out shortly. Um, this is the first time the Steelers have gone to 4-0 since 1979, apparently, um, which people around the league seem shocked by this week. Um, it is kind of a shocking stat, right? A Very shocking. With as many mm-hmm. wins as us. Um, I guess we always get out to poor starts, and that's been going on for as long as anyone could remember. Yeah, I mean, I was I was eight months in 1979, so that is... My whole life, basically. Steelers have never done this. Is that the reason for that, Rich? You've been watching the Steelers the longest out of any of us? Do we just suck at starting the season? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that, honestly. I, I, I can't uh, put my finger on why that possibly is with all the all the really you know, great teams we've had over the years, even even since those uh, historic Super Bowl teams back in the 70s. So that's, that's a shocking stat, actually. Yeah, it's a strange one. But we've broken it. Uh, a 38-29 win at Heinz Field. On Sunday, takes us to 4-0, uh, one of the only unbeaten teams left in the league. Um, and I think it's time to jump into this game because it's, I, I get the sense it's going to be, 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 be a, 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 you know, a difficult one to discuss because I think you've got a lot of pluses and you've got a lot of negatives out of this one. And for a game where last week Gav said we'd learn nothing, uh, I don't know, I think, I think we might have learned a bit, Gav. What do you think? I think we learned some stuff and I, 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 I'm feeling positive about this game. Oh, I know, I I know there's going to be some, some <laughs> negative... You know, some negative issues you might have, but um, yeah, I'm 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 in a good I was in good spirits. I, admittedly, it was tense during the during the match itself, but um, with reflection and upon watching it again, I feel a lot more happier with how this game went down. But maybe you want to. Well, I, I think reflection is good because I think I more than most people tend to get very irate in the moment. Um, I think Rich does a bit as well, from, yep. from what I can tell, which is yep. good. Um, but, I, I mean, especially on Twitter, I mean, I was just burning bridges left and right in the last 15 minutes of that game. But um, I, I think there's only one place to start. We'll, we'll skew positive to begin with because it's such an extraordinary game. And, and, and that, of course, is uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Chase Claypool. Uh, unreal day, four touchdowns, everyone knows, 110 yards receiving. Uh, just took over the game from a receiving perspective. Um, any of you guys have a favourite touchdown of his on the day? Oh, that's tough. I, I, I do, like do you the, know slam, what? the one, the, the one across the middle because because he, he had to jump out the way. Of the guy, a couple of them were, were fairly easy for him, really. I like the one the 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 corner route he he ran where he just the stab step he he got just absolutely duked out the guy at the line. Yeah. yeah, so that that one he he that was a touchdown within a meter of the line of scrimmage because the guy he just lost the guy. Yeah. And that's that's not that's not, you know, just a burner, take the top off the the defense kind of wide receiver. That was that was just pure route running, shifty, you know, selling a route one way and then just having the speed and the cutting ability to take it the other way. And he, he put his whole body into that stab step. That he sold he sold that, you know, that was great. Fantastic. So that's that's really, and then what, what we saw throughout with like the, the sweeps and everything else he was doing, the extensions, he, he could be a complete receiver. I mean, yep. 
He's a, he's a mismatch, man. And, and it's what we said. You know, we liked him coming out of the draft, but even I didn't see this so early. But uh, even I, like I'm an expert. But, you know, it's the uh, it's the athleticism mixed with the speed, right? You know, his size. It, it's 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 too much for most defenders, right? He's, he's such a big dude and he runs at such a pace and he's he's so tall and he's just got such a big catch radius. It's, it's scary. Yeah, and the separation. The one, the one, the the non, the the one that you know, the DPI call. Um, sorry, the OPI call. Yeah. That, that was never ever. It just. I think that was just. You know, they were felt sorry for the cornerback that he just got destroyed. You know, with, I mean that. I I was really angry. I'm that sure was, you guys were yeah. as well. I, that was. I was ready to you know punch my TV set at that point, and and thankfully it didn't cost the game. Um, disgusting. It was call. disgraceful. I, I want to say though, before we get on that, I mean, the officiating was horrible in this game all round. I think, I think we benefit from that a couple of times. Maybe not as egregious as that call. I think that was the worst call in the game. But uh, there was a couple of calls both ways that I thought were horrible. I thought the officiating was terrible in this game. Yeah, yeah. they seem to try and make a couple of ones. You know, where they award one for making a bad mistake, mm-hmm. but that, that they get that run runs away with you after a while, and you start making these horrible yeah. calls. Is this the time for the officiating rant, Rich? Oh, this was hideous. I mean, this is one of the worst games in recent memory. And it's all, everyone listening, please say a prayer that we will never have Ron Torborg and his crew officiate another Steeler game. This was so, so bad. I mean, that call on Claypool, like you guys just mentioned, all he did, he stopped his route. The guy kept going. He reached his arm over the top to clear the guy to catch the ball. That's all he did. You know, it, it was so bad. And how about that Miles Sanders 74-yard run? The there was not only one holding call not called, but there were two, and they were major. Bush was held, and he almost made the tackle. He almost ran him down and dove and made the tackle. If he wouldn't have been held, he would have absolutely made that tackle. And then Edmonds was held so bad by re- uh, the receiver Ward for the Eagles. He's running, and as he's running, he's trying to pry Ward's hands off of the front of his jersey to get free from him. It was, I mean, watch it again. Yeah. It is so, so bad. And then the pass interference calls, the pass interference on Hayden when the ball was underthrown, that was uh, that was really, really ticky-tack. Um, Dotson down the field, his downfield, illegal downfield blocking, he ran past the line of scrimmage. I don't know what they were looking at. It was just, you know, it was, like you said, it's bad both ways. But Slay, though, those two pass interference calls on Slay, they were kind of, I could kind of see it. He does this technique where he grabs the receiver's bicep with both hands, just like, you're, like you'd be pulling a rope, just for an instant, just to slow him up. And he's really good at it. But they were on it, and they, they called it. And, and it, it's kind of ticky-tack, but he is holding them up. If you watch those calls again, he has this technique that he does, and it's pretty slick. But it is actually pass interference. So, uh, you know, it was just bad. It was a poorly, poorly officiated game. Any thoughts on the Vince Williams uh, roughing the passer call? That, that was roughing. He dug his helmet think- into his chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. If you watch it again, when he hits the ground, if you land on your on your elbows or you land on your hands and you don't try to press the quarterback, you're usually not going to get that called. But unless you're Clay Matthews, he, I don't know why they yeah. call him on that. But if you bury your head into their chest, you're going to get that called every time. Okay, fair enough. Um, the offense then as a whole, I think uh, before we get into sort of the positions like we normally do, I thought we uh, we saw a good game called by the offense, which I know we, we tend to complain about um, quite a bit. Uh, we started to see a lot more of these uh, kind of interesting plays, these kind of motion, this motion stuff. Interesting formations. You think about the the Claypool touchdown where it was kind of a bunch formation with him stacked up at the back. 
I'd, I'd say that is a diamond formation yeah, myself. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. That, that's a good explanation of it. Um, is this the kind of the Matt Canada influence we've been waiting for? Where, where does the, uh, the the thought lie with this? What impressed me was this, the second drive. Like the first drive, Ben came out. It kind of didn't didn't look warmed up. Sort of not reading all the field. We'll forget about that. Second drive comes out, and he just starts zinging it. Quick strikes over and over again down the middle. Exactly what. Mason couldn't do last year. We kept talking about where's the where's the, the offense over the middle, hitting them over the middle with these quick quick attacks, and then and then running up the middle, and then suddenly flip it out to Ray Ray on the toss, and um and it was history. And then the, you know, just go all the way down, and then ended up in, on the sweep uh, TD for Claypool. What a drive that was! Amazing, yeah. and that was exciting to see. And that that just made me think, you know, if, even if we do see some defensive regression. I think we've got a new a new offense with a new Ben, slightly different. Not making the big throws, but kind of just picking teams apart a little bit and and finding the holes and and it, yeah, it's a really exciting offensive showing. I thought. Yeah, definitely, um, Dave Rich. I know you guys have been as critical of the play calling as I have at times. Uh, what do you think of this one? I can't I can't really um, knock anything about the offense. It's just I think. Um, for so long, well, especially last season, we were that sort of dry on offense and nothing was happening that I'm really excited about this offense now. It's 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 starting to hit its stride. We're showing that there's you can take away one, two, maybe even three pieces and there's still ability there to move the ball. I mean, I mean we took, we took D, you know, DJ was gone quite early on. I can't remember what his injury was. Can like no one know? Back injury. Um, and there was still pieces there to to use and it it's i think this it can only go forward now it's only going to get better as we say defense is potentially having a bit of a slide backwards but i can i can only see this offense going forward i'm i'm really excited about it and i can't even i can't even knock randy's play calling <laughs> I, I love seeing matt, matt canada's influence i mean you can see it i mean he's definitely and and props uh, to Fickner for for you know being big enough to accept his help because you know a lot of these guys egos are really big in the NFL of course and a lot of these guys they, they wouldn't accept something like that if it's not their own and uh, you can see it I mean that counter reverse to McLeod was beautiful mm-hmm. um, beautifully executed as well and and overall I overall I have liked the play calling there's just occasional those occasional ones that just irk the heck out of me you know the third and 16s where you throw a you throw a short pass inside the line of scrimmage and then next time you get a third and 16 you throw the pass right at the line of scrimmage you know second and 22 you run the ball like you know i just you know i just don't i don't like that stuff but that's a very small portion of the game and overall i I thought the play calling's been great i thought ben's been playing really well his his deep pass isn't there yet I hope he can get the touch on that as we go forward. But overall, I thought I thought Ben's been playing great as well. And McDonald had a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and that guy's turning into a blocker, man. He's he really had he had three or four blocks that were just beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Just go back to that third and sixteen. Did you? I didn't get a chance to see that on the twenty-two because it wasn't it wasn't the old twenty-two. It was a bit late for me this week. Um, was there anyone open on that, or was it was there only DJ and there was nowhere else to go? You know what? I haven't looked at the all twenty-two at all, so I don't know. Um, it's just the design of the play. You know, like if you need an outlet, if you need somebody an outlet and there's no one open, I get it. You know, I I get it, but I would, you know, but it, it just, you know, it just seems to be too consistent with third and long. We're not really like 
Eagles, they 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 uh, converted third and long on us all day. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, they're throwing the ball downfield. It just seems like we just have such a hard time with third and long. And that's why when we have second and long, I hate to see a run. Because if we gained four yards, oh, great. Now, you know, now we have, you know, third and 16, you know, so – I would, I would, I'm definitely going to see the all 22 though and check that out. That's a good question, Gav. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, what I was going to mention about Vance blocking was that on that Ray Ray sweep, right, or the reverse? Yeah. That was that was a savage block. Yeah, yes. that was a great one. He just basically broke him free, didn't he? That was kind yes, of beautiful yeah. kickout block. Yeah. So it seems like uh, Ebron's arrivals have kind of freed up Vance to become what he's good at, which is basically just beating the hell out of dudes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. He's embraced that role, man. I think maybe this is what what he belonged to be doing the whole time. Like this is because he can he can catch the ball, but he's not. That's not his uh, his home. He's a big dude. You know, this, the most impressive we've been is seeing him totally stiff arm a dude. You know, thirty yards down the field. So uh, I think he appreciates that, and I think he, he's going to continue to get better. Um, yeah. The, the rest While we're on tight ends, yeah. sorry. Just uh, just how how good an addition has Ebron been? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and 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 the the play on on the on the nasty flutter ball in the third quarter, where it, it looked like it was at least going to be an incompletion, but most likely a pit, when he did the big comeback and caught it off the ground, that was it looked like that was a sort of Julio Jones level kind of play, come come back and save the play there. That was awesome. I thought the. Um... Right. I thought the Ebron fumble was a bit un- unfortunate for him. I thought it was a bit fifty-fifty, to be honest, about whether it was even a, a fumble. I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah, it was a tough one. I, I don't know. It's one you could watch fifty times and not be sure. Yeah, I think the, I think the commentators, commentators nailed it though. I think three years ago that would have been an incomplete pass. Mm. Um, I think the rule change is, is kind of it's cleared a lot of things up, but it's muddied the waters in those situations because for me, you know, in the olden day terms, he didn't make a football move. Um, but you know that's a hard one, and luckily it didn't end up costing us with a game. But but it could have done right at the time. It was it was, it was the yeah that was probably the low point of the game yeah. where I just thought this is this is going away Alter, from us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know you're right. Ebron has been uh, an excellent sort of weapon, especially on kind of those third down situations where you need a a consistent pickup across the middle or something like that. Um, just the array of targets this team's got now. Yes. I mean when you add in add in Ray Ray and and Clay Clay going Cray Cray. Yeah, you got you got you got uh, Washington is just doing crazy stuff as well. It's just a real possession receiver. I think what you're Ebron. saying is we need to focus on guys with like these double names: Ray Ray, Clay Clay, Juju. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's the that's the secret to scouting. <laughs> we'll go into the next draft for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm mean, Ray Ray though. I mean, how we were saying this last week, right? Literally last week, I remember saying, you know, we need to engineer ways to get Ray Ray with Cloud into space because of how explosive he looks on kickoffs. Um, and that's exactly what they did, right? Uh, and you saw it kind of all, not quite work, but almost work early, and then that 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 you know break off run was exactly what you want to do. Um, yeah, well, it's weird because we had um you know DJ start of the season was was that kind of sweep role, right? And then yeah. he's gone out of the game, and then this game they split it between Ray Ray and and Claypool, and they seem to have a lot more success. Whether that's just now. Teams are respecting those sweeps now, or, or I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure why it worked this game so much more than it did, has done previously. But it, it seemed to have a lot of success with it. It was a quiet day for the rest of the core. Obviously, DJ went out. Juju wasn't really involved too much. Uh, he had his first show, four targets, but nothing. I think Claypool just took over, right? In terms of, his, I don't know why that is. Ben just seemed to like him today. <laughs> But uh, and, I mean, there's no concern about Juju, right? I think you know we'll come back the next couple of days. We didn't we didn't need him. 
uh, on this play. What, what, did anyone notice? I was watching the game. Was Slay sort of following Claypool around, or was was it just a, a, a side basis? Because whenever I was watching it, Slay was on Claypool, but obviously then he moved to the slot for that touchdown at the end. He wasn't involved. I didn't notice. No, okay. I, don't, I don't think they had him shadowing. No, because because he he had a pass interference on Washington one time. Okay. Okay. I, I just found it interesting that I saw Slay match up on Claypool a few times. I thought maybe that you know it's interesting that the Eagles were targeting Slay there rather than with Juju. But I suppose if he wasn't shadowing, I don't know. Does he does he follow around or does he just stick to one side? I'm not sure. No, he, he must stick to one side. I, I just yeah. just in my mind, I was thinking he was on Claypool. A lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, James Washington and Juju a quiet day, but but the depth it's the depth the depth is great. Um, running backs. Uh, th- this was another uh, take out the McLeod run. Um, you've got James Con- James Conner had one big run, right? If yeah, I good rightly. one. Um, which makes it all the more concerning for me that his average yards per carry is two point nine <laughs> on fifteen attempts. Um, I, this this is this is a hard game to to, to really. You know, judge this because th- this was a really good front we were up against. That they-, they are good at stopping the run, similar to us. But uh, I feel like we've been seeing this with James Conner a lot. He-, he tends to get these hot runs, and then the rest of the game we can't rely on the run because it it, it kind of struggles to, you know, whatever it goes for, it struggles to be what we need. It sort of felt like the run game was was like the jab in a boxing match in in yeah. this in this game. They're just kind of throwing them in there just to keep them honest and you know run yeah running into stat boxes. And, and and doing well against them, not you know going, going getting a yards after first contact and stuff, playing well, but it wasn't really a run game kind of game. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it's just been my one niggle on offense so far this season more than anything else is the run game it, because it's not been it's not been bad, but I just find that sometimes it you know like what like what Rich is saying whether it's because we kind of run it at strange times or you know we'll be on a third and six and we always seem to you know hit a run for four yards something like that you know I mean it, it just never seems to quite be. Uh, moving the chains, if you will, he always seems to be where I don't know. Maybe that's just in my mind. It could be, but James Conner's just not lit it up for me so far this season. But we have faced some tough defenses for that, so yeah, time will tell. Um, We've not been in, in a sort of a real tight run game kind of no ball ball control game. Really, the game script's not been like that. Has the old line's been weird, you know, with DeCastro in and out. DeCastro obviously dipped out of this game with a with an injury as well, so that plays a role. Mm. What do you think about Snell? Are we are we liking Slim Snell so far? Got to Dave on that. Dave, uh, I don't know. After that fumble, you, we've seen very little of him, and he's been used sort of situationally, and even then, nothing's really happened. So I I, I can't say anything too negative just because he hasn't had the the chance. I think he's he screwed himself over a bit with those uh, with those fumbles. Um, I, I think we're going to start seeing a bit more of um, well, I'd hope to see a bit more of McFarland. But with the way Ray Ray's going, doing all these sweeps, I, I, I don't think there's been much chance for anyone else to get a look in. Yeah, yeah didn't see much of McFarlane on Sunday. He had the first first carry, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, yeah anyway. about three carries, I think. Yeah. Not many. Yeah. yeah. I just think, was, was Snell more of a weapon when he was a bit bigger and a bit more of a, I don't want to say the word because then I have to do the drop, but was <laughs> it when he was... A, you know, like he was being fired from a cannon. Not ready that one uh, up this week, have you not got... <laughs> No, I have it here, but, I, you know, I, I didn't want to tee myself up. That's, that's not how the game goes. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It, yeah. Has, he take, has he lost part of his what made him so good? I don't know. How much slimmer has he got? I think part of his thing, though, isn't... It's not his... It wasn't his size. It was his 
mental attitude that got him through, if that's if that makes sense. He just kept the legs turning and charging through rather than his sheer body mass getting him. He's not a Eddie Lacy sort of guy, sort of just knocking guys over. I, well, I might be wrong, but he, he hasn't really got the size yeah. generally to be a, a b-ball type. Ooh, close. Rich, what, what do you think about Snell? Um, I think he, I think he's a decent back. I think he has his moments, but you know, Tomlin like like Cower as well. That they, you know, no matter what talk comes out of you know possibly sharing the backfield at, at any one time, uh, they're they're both coaches that believe in the bell cow, you know. And and as long as Connor's healthy, he's he's going to get the majority of the carries. So you're not going to see a whole lot of. McFarland, you're going to see him in spots where they think they can break a big play, and then you're going to see Snell in spots where they need a few yards, possibly goal line situations. Um, but you know, I'm okay with the drop and wait a, a little bit. Um, he's, he is definitely quicker, and I think he needed to be a little quicker. So hopefully, he found that happy medium between still being able to retain his power and, and have a little more quickness. And it worked wonders for Bell. You remember he lost like 15 pounds after his rookie season. He was a completely different back. Yeah. I may be having um, Derek Watt out is, you know, maybe you can use those two together. Watt and Snell in kind of short yardage situations. Maybe that's a package which we've not really seen much of yet. So maybe that's something. Yeah. You mentioned Bell there. Do we, do we need to mention that? No, we'll, get, fact... on, we'll get on to that. <laughs> okay, save that for later. <laughs> um, the old line, DiCastro, I mentioned DiCastro goes down. Pouncey also had a foot injury. Both are, are trending towards playing, I think. Um, from what I can see, I, I tried to have a look around for this. It wasn't a great deal of information, but Tomlin mentioned it um, yesterday, just to say that, that they were. It depends how they went at practice, but they weren't ruled out for the game, so that's that's positive, I suppose. They're not going to miss major time at least. Um, Dotson stepped in for a lot of the game for De Castro. Play, played admirably again, I thought. You know, especially against this line. There's a couple of penalties in there, I think, wasn't there? But mm-hmm. um, I think you know, for what was he a sixth round pick, a fifth round pick? This is a Clearly, great returns. Um, oh, they've hit. I think. I think yeah. they've hit on him. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is this is a guy who's going to be pushing for a starting role next season. Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. He's great in pass protection. Awesome. Yeah, uh, you yeah, did I, see the return of the high snap, though. I think we mentioned it on yeah. the thread at the time. So that was annoying. Something that just it just seems to want, doesn't go away. I don't know. We thought we thought he'd gone. It's back. Uh, anyway. I, I just thought overall we did, and I've said this for a few weeks now, we did a, a better, slightly better the job than expected with the pass pro, um, especially against this front. You know, I mean, you definitely saw it. I mean, this is always going to be a tough game for that, but um, I don't think we let up a lot of sacks, right? It was one, two. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, I not... thought I thought they did good pass protection. Yeah. Mine yeah. yeah. well, didn't didn't really feel like Ben was pressured at all, really. Great deal, no. And yeah, you're right. No sacks. So. Crazy. There was a couple of times where the, the pocket collapsed and Ben had to step up, but it was it was just normal stuff. There was yeah. not, not. I didn't feel like he was running for his life. No, definitely not. Uh, okay, right, we've we've held it off long enough. Uh, <laughs> the defense. Um, I'm not sure where to start with this, right? Because it, it it's like they're simultaneously the most talented in the league, but yeah, I have no faith in them at all. Um, where does the problem lie in this defense right now? It's a bit of a broad question, but, but who's at fault here? <laughs> I've got a theory, but anyone else want to go for one? Let's say your theory then. I just wonder if it's like a, a philosophy thing this year where they're just dialing up so much pressure and so many blitzes, and then 
exposing exposing the back end because his people are one on one and in and and Wentz just played really well. I think he played much better than we were expecting and just picked apart the zones. And then and and Fulgham just had the game of his life, obviously. And the, you you watch back, it doesn't seem some of the ones you know. There's there's one play where where TJ Watts dropped and playing middle linebacker, and it, it's, it's, you might as well just have ten people on the field because he's not doing anything on that play. Um, but aside from that, Fulgham was just winning one on one battles. You know, it, if if uh, Minka dropped down to to because he was worried about uh, Wentz escaping the pocket, then Wentz went through past him one on one, and Fulgham you know was one on one with Nelson and beat him. If if uh, Minka stayed back, you know Fulgham would drop in underneath, and the ball went there, and, and he'd make another great catch. So I, I think it's just a, it's tricky because there were times where you kind of wanted more pressure, but you watch it, you know, and the rush is just getting home, just as Wentz is releasing the ball, and everyone's one on one the backfield, and, and someone's can, someone can make a play. Um, you can't defend everything, and I just wonder do, do they need to the well do they need to stop blitzing so much and just go back to yeah. you know having four rush and and just try and get some some double teams you know in the underneath or at the back to stop these wide open zones but we've seen the warning signs all year of people running free right from the start even in the giants game people running free right down the middle yeah. um so you know why is that happening because probably there's not enough enough bodies in the in the in the secondary is what what my guess is you know they, they can't cover everybody then there's not enough, you know, the one-on-ones is they've got no safety help over the top. So, I mean, I mean no one saw that game coming from Fulgham, but you, it is there. Yeah. And, and unless they get on top of it, you know, it's going to be when we, you know, play the Seahawks or someone like that with those real genuine deep threats, like we saw the other night with um, DK. I mean, he would actually torch that, the that, secondary. That's what scares me, right? The, the Fulgham thing is difficult because, listen, we don't, we don't know him, but this guy, for all we know, he might be the next Jerry Rice, and he goes on to uh, sign a, a mega deal, Malcolm Butler style, from being an undrafted guy, right? But who knows? But but what I'm saying is, he might be... But it wasn't just player. him. It wasn't just him. I mean, it was Hightower as well. You yeah. Early on, early first quarter, Hightower absolutely burned Nelson. And he had no safety help. So, you know, it was incomplete. Because <laughs> Wentz, the, the rush did get to Wentz, but that would have been a touchdown otherwise. But then that's partially the problem, because on paper, this Eagles offense, specifically the, the receiving court, is, is trash. It was trash. You know, this is a a, a a core completely decimated by injury, playing complete no-names. And I'm not being funny, I know we've seen some regression from Nelson and from Hayden this year, but these are people they should be able to match up with. We shouldn't be letting fall... I mean, Rich, I don't know if you want to talk about this a little bit, because you said you had major issues with the, the coaching in this game towards the end, Keith Butler specifically. You know, what was it you saw from, from this perspective? Well, you know, I agree with what both of you are saying, all, of, all three of you are saying. Um... But at some point, you have to make an adjustment. And and Vilma even referred to this, I think, twice during the game. If you have one guy, yeah, he's not Jerry Rice. You're right. But for that, all intents and purposes, for that game, he was Jerry Rice because he tore us apart. Um, you know, and you have to start making adjustments at some point. When this guy has seven, eight receptions on you and the game is in the third quarter, you need to adjust. And your first adjustment you know, and like I'm not a defensive coordinator. You know, I've just watched a lot of football in my life, and this is just my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. But what I do is I put my best corner on him, and I have him shadow him all over the field. That's not going to screw up the rest of the defense. You're just going to put Hayden on him and have him and have him blanket him as well as he can. If that doesn't work, 
If he's still burning Hayden, then you got to put Mika over the top and you got to put a little double team on him because you have to stop this guy. This is the guy that was hurting us the most. So you, you have to stop him. It's just that, you know, with Butler, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think he I think he prepares the defense well. I think he gets creative. He's changing up the defense every week. Uh, you know, he's adding things every week. You know, he added this hybrid type dime defense. It was like a one four six and I've never seen them run before you know this game and they did it at the end of the first half and then you know so he's getting creative but his his one drawback that i've noticed with him over the years is he's not good making adjustments in game and that was just an obvious adjustment to me i you know i i don't know that's that's my opinion on it you know some of the other stuff the big run that that was one play we're still really really tough against the run yeah you know i don't think we sh- we need to worry about that but we do we do have to worry about the pass game a little bit and mika he's just not you know he's just not as he's not as instinctive as he was last last year you know he's not uh, he's not making the big play like he did last year you know and and in some of it, I agree with Gavin, some of it's scheme, you know, he's not he maybe, you know, because he's covering for blitzers or something, he's not in a position to make the big play. But there was a play in the in the I think it was the fourth quarter where Fulham caught a touchdown between Minka and Nelson. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that coverage was because it seemed like everybody was in man to man coverage except for Minka and, and Nelson, which I thought, OK, is this a cover one where Minka is in his own anyway? But what is Nelson doing in his own? Like, it completely didn't make sense to me. Maybe we need to check the all 22. But it was really weird. And then Fogum just found the spot between them. And, and, you know, you have to be you have to you have to really be instinctive and you have to um, be spatial awareness is really big with zone defense. And Mika had that in spades, at least for the first half of the year last year. He was really on top of it. And then this year, it just seems like he's he's not playing up to that level again. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I wanted to ask you about this anyway, so I'm glad you brought it up. But, you know, I said last week, is it time to talk about Minker? I think it is time to talk about Minker a little bit. Um, I, I think we, we've got to slow down because it's, we've pointed this out no end. Like, Minker's not being targeted for obvious reasons, right? And he doesn't. That's why he's not getting involved in these big plays. So, so my concern isn't so much that he's not coming away with interceptions and, and this, that, and the other, like he was at the start of last season. But it, it's the little things. I mean, the tackling feels off. He feels he, he feels a bit hesitant, you know. He he, he launched into one the shoulder and whiffed on it completely in this game. Um, you know, I don't understand what's happening here because this guy was the most form, uh, even outside of the big plays. You know, the most form tackler, the most dependable guy you could find. I I, I I always hesitate to say effort is low because we're going through a tough time with this pandemic, and I don't want to say anyone's effort is low, but it feels low energy. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it feel, it feels like he's not in the right spots. Where he was in the right spots last last, particularly the first half of his of his season with Pittsburgh last year. I mean, you watch you watch it you watch that game back. There's a couple of times there where he's just the ball's going over his head, and I, I don't remember that happening before. So I don't know if it's he's I don't I don't know if it, like I said like he was he was there he was worrying about you know Wentz breaking free and that's why he was breaking down but there's a couple of plays where Edmonds is breaking down he, it looks like he's got contained and then and then Minka's there as well and then there's people breaking in behind him I just think I, you know you're playing centre field at the back but it must be that's what he's been told to do I don't know yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not ready to put it all on Minka no, think, no it's not I all on Minka it's just you know it's just noticeable and I think a similar thing can be said about Devin Bush um, now, now to be fair, I don't know how much he had to do with Zach Ertz being held in this game because Zach Ertz wasn't a factor. I mean, maybe we can give him some credit for that, but you don't hear him. Where is he? 
You, if you told me Devin but, Bush didn't play, a, if you told me Devin Bush didn't play a snap on Sunday, I wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's you know it's like we talked about before, the runs aren't getting past our defensive line. So he's yeah. you're just sitting, you're just noticing him in. But, but in he was never plus. a he was never a run defender, was he? I mean, he's a he's a built in the the mold of a Ryan Shazier. He's a a side to side coverage linebacker style. You know, he, that's what Vince is there for, right? To stop the run, but. I don't know. It's just well, you know, Vince is making so many of the tackles, yeah. right? <laughs> that you know, you're not seeing a lot of tackles from Bush. But I agree. I agree with you completely. You know, when we drafted Bush, we were expecting this guy to make these big splash plays. You know, and we're and we're just not seeing it. Not that he's playing poorly, and like you said, not that Mika's playing poorly either. There is just a definite regression from last year. You know, there's a regression with Hayden, I think, a little bit. There's a regression with Nelson a little bit. You know, Edmonds, I think, is actually playing a little better than he played last year. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. But, but we got to get everybody playing at that level that we were last year because, man, I mean, can you imagine this offense we have this year on a defense last year? Yep, I exactly. Mean, yep. We've been deadly. Yep. But, I mean, who's who's the best player on defense at the moment? It seems like Mike Hilton. He's everywhere. I know he's had a few, you know, made a few errors in this I, game. I thought but, he had an iffy game, yeah. Yeah, but, well, he's still, he's still the tackle leader. Yeah, tackle leader. He's still blowing up the run game and – you know he's got he's got nearly thirty uh, you know QB pass rushes this year, mm. so I think that I think that's got something to do with it. They're doing a lot with Hilton and it's working, but I think you know you're losing that that extra man in the in you know so they're they're kind of a man short if you're doing all this stuff with him. Well, so I think it's you know maybe not plays where he's getting stuff wrong, but just the fact that he's defending the run, he's down in the box, or he's you know he's rushing the passer. They're a man short, and therefore there's a soft zone there for to be exploited with a good QB like Wentz, and then and then it makes the rest of the secondary look. Look, I mean, one of the Fulgham ones actually it was Hilton in coverage. Um, hmm. I don't think he could have covered that any. It was really a, a fantastic sideline catch. The only thing he could have done was was made a play on the ball somehow, or, or get between the between the receivers' hands. But aside from that, I mean, he was blanket coverage all the way. And, and the guy just made a great one-on-one catch and, and brought it down and just, just, you know, just inside. So I don't know the, the guy had a lights out game and sometimes, you know, it's hard to defend in the NFL and these, these players are really good. And it's tough. Yeah, he, you can't, he, had a, he had a size disadvantage. And I remember yeah, that one. Yeah, Wentz yeah. made a beautiful high pass. Fulgham's a taller player than, than Hilton. He went up high and grabbed it, and Hilton didn't have a chance. Yeah, he boxed him up, but, but Hilton covered it perfectly. Yeah, um, he's right there. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not too I, – I do think they've regressed. I do wonder if if um, uh, Butler's just dialing up maybe a little bit too much pressure, and he'll just find a happy balance going forward, and, and everything will be fine. That would be my positive slump. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I, I think there's two types of regression. The last thing I'll say on this, I don't think that Bush and Minka have regressed physically. I think, as we've said, you know, I think these are two high, high-end, talented, athletic players, right? But I do think that Nelson and Hayden look to have regressed, uh, you know, physically or, or or just in you know the level of play, and I think they're being targeted a little bit. Um, I think Hayden's being taken advantage of as our, our number one, and I think Nelson is as well. I mean, the, the stat sheet's going to show two interceptions for Nelson. Um, he looked a bit of a mess at times in this game, frankly. So that's <laughs> generous. Um, so you know, I think maybe we, we're not seeing a lot of Minka, we're not seeing a lot of Devin Bush because these guys aren't being involved. Guys are picking on uh, our corners who are, who are just not up to snuff right now. And I think a lot of that, like you say, Gav, is probably you're probably right. I think that's a lot to do to do with what you said as well. But um, I don't know. Would this have happened last year? 
I thought they were playing a lot better last year, even on, on man coverage. So uh, mm. time time will tell with those two specifically. But but those two are scaring me right now. Those two are really scaring me right now. Well, the real test is coming. We're, this I was going to say we'll talk about this in a minute, but you know when we we'll talk about a, a one and two punch going up against those guys, that, well, let's let's wait for next week. Um, anyway, before we move on from this game, I, I want to talk a bit about the uh, the D line and the pass rush. We mentioned it briefly, but. Uh, I, I was di- kind of disappointed by this. We 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 left the game with four sacks. Apparently, um, it certainly didn't feel like we were getting the regular pressure on Wentz that we needed. I know what you're saying, Gav, about us dialing up the blitz maybe a bit too often, and maybe it's just not getting home. But we were going up against uh, again. We talk about the wide receiver core being poor. This was a poor offensive line. They um, played well. I thought. I thought they, yeah. their O line played a lot better than than, than ad, as advertised. Apart from the poor rugby guy that that. Uh, Bud absolutely put a clown suit on right at the end of the game for the uh, game-ending yeah. sack. But Bud also put a clown suit on on uh, Ertz at one point. I don't know if you noticed that. Wait, that was, what was that? It, he did a part. He just Ertz tried to block him, and um, Bud just kind of he rushed him, and then Ertz kind of pushed him in a way that a small child would push a much larger school bully, and just. <laughs> But just 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 start having none of it. Just got straight past him and just pressured pressured Wentz into making a strange throwaway throw. Yeah, I enjoyed that play. That was a really good one. I think. I think. What do you think about Bud? I think. I think he's solid. I, I I don't know. I'm not sure if he's benefited from playing next to an elite all pro, you know, end on the other end. But he he puts up these solid rushes all the time, effective, but not lights out. I don't know. He's always he's always come up in the right time, isn't it? It's always always a timely sack. It's never man. Is there ever a throwaway sack? But you know, it's just it always seems to be just in the nick of time when it's just needed. He's there, ready. I don't know if he waits. I don't. He shouldn't wait for these moments. Someone needs, someone needs to tell him, don't wait for the right moment. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he always seems to come up in the right spot. Uh, I I don't know. I just, I just thought that you know what and. and uh... Uh, Bud were were a little bit KIA through the fast middle of this game. We had an early sack from Walt, the late sack from Dupree, and then it was a little bit barren. Which which I think you know is is a bit to do with why we kept seeing these third and longs converted. They were ten and fourteen on third down, right? The Eagles and we just weren't getting home against an awful O line. You know, I guess you know they played well, but that really killed us. The ten for fourteen on third yeah. down. Five of those plays, five of those conversions were splash plays, which means they were over twenty yards. Wild. That killed us. It's unacceptable level. Uh, and third down's been worrying me all year. All year. We've seen it. We saw it against the Broncos, and that's why they came back in that game. We saw it against the Giants, if you remember, in the first game of the season. We wrote it off. So that, that continues to be... My, I think that's my biggest source of concern now at this point. And is that... you know I don't, I don't think you can say that's the pass rush for a lot of the season, but you know that's what I'm talking about with Hayden and, and Nelson, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, I think... Our third down offense, though, I don't remember it being that good at any point in the last few seasons. It's sort of that's probably the best I've seen yeah, for a good while. Yeah, you can win. We've never sort of, at least as far as I can remember, the last couple of years, it's sort of never been a confidence going into third down. It's just sort of been, oh, maybe we will. Whereas it, it, we never looked like we wouldn't at this, you know, against the Eagles. That's how I feel in every game, do Maybe. <laughs> Uh, and last thing, I think we need a special shout out for. Um, I mean, firstly, the, the D line as a whole just bottling up the run. 
I mean, what I didn't realise, because you don't look see it looking at the stat sheet, take out that long run, it was 20 yards on 15 attempts, which is, you know, just another monumental effort. Um, mm-hmm. And Tua needs special praise for potentially saving the game at the end with that sack of Wentz from behind. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah. So I think, that, we're, I think most of Steelers Nation were up on their feet at that point, yeah, right? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I was losing my mind. Uh, oh, and special teams look really solid again. No, no mistakes, no issues. James Pierre... Yep, nice tackle there. Yeah, yeah, and Spillane again. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Highsmith as well. I don't know if you noticed it. Um, the speed on uh, he caught Sanders from behind, and it was like a, in the in the in the broadcast view, you just kind of see Sanders looking like he's going for a run, and then Highsmith just appears from the right of frame, and you have to sort of double check. I thought it was on fast forward. I like, had actually rewound it to make sure I hadn't like, hadn't glitched out, and he sort of jumped a few frames because he just the speed he had, just like Mario brother running along and just blasted him. So that that was that was exciting. <laughs> oh nice! I didn't I, see I like I'll have, have to find that play. Um, I can't. I've got, I haven't got which quarter it is to help you there. Sorry, but um, it was a good one. Uh, cool. Are we ready to wrap that game? Leave that in the rear view mirror. It's just for me. It's just why are we still? I and mean, we've played four pretty questionable teams at this point and why again have we just for the fourth time in a row been left anxious at the end of the game where I've got Rich messaging me saying if we throw this game away it's Keith Butler's fault (laughs) I'm on Twitter having a breakdown and people are you know quote tweeting me saying the game's over in the second quarter and why is this happening again you know I don't know but that's it's entertainment (laughs) You know, you could be a a fan of the Jets and just, you know, be turning off, like not even tuning in. I mean, this this is exciting. I mean, the Steelers just did like a sort of over overview kind of thing. The Steelers this season have been amazing at delivering knockout blows. I mean, you know, you're talking about finishers. You know, these 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 this is a team that gets into kind of, you know, maybe they let teams come back on them a little bit. But then suddenly they they want to finish the game and they punch them in the face and their opponents, you know, bleeding on the canvas while they're celebrating in the end zone that's that's how this season's going so far and that, that's a winning formula if you can do that to teams well it is and I, I know this sounds negative but I just feel like right now we're the Schrodinger's team of NFL teams right we are simultaneously the best team in the NFL and you know a, a medi- mediocre team because we haven't played anyone and this is why I'm so upset that the Titans game got moved and you know maybe this is the challenge this week although unexpectedly against the Browns I just feel like we've we, we played these games and they've been against bad teams. Now, yeah, we, in the past, we've lost t- games against bad teams. So you've got to be you've got to be positive that we've won all four of these games. We've found ways yeah. to win. But I just feel like we need to see this team go up against a team of, uh, you know, real repute. Well, that, I think that might have been a COVID blessing, you know. not not We saw what the Titans did to the Bills the other night and they whooped them. Well, we still have to play and... them. <laughs> yeah, but you know that, that just at this time of the season to be to be to have the high of being four and zero and to set this record and stuff, and, you know now we're talking about momentum going forward. Whereas the Titans could have come in, you know we could have that could have spoiled the party. So maybe maybe it's going to work in the Steelers' favour. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Okay, <laughs> let's move on from this game. Um, Gav, we got a bit of news this week, so let's run the news drop. I'm going to allow it this week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the sad, sad news. Um, it's, it's really sad news that uh, Tunch, Tunch Ilkin, um, as many Steelers fans will know, is mainly is a broadcaster these days. With uh, does uh, podcasts and stuff. But um, 
Yeah, he's, he's been diagnosed with ALS, which is just that's just a savage disease. It's awful. Um, it's like motor neuron disease, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the documentary about Steve Gleason, where he kind of you see him go from you know American football player to you know suffering from this awful disease, and and it's just so sad that that Tunch has has come down. I, I I don't know if Richie would want to say you probably remember him more of as a player than than any of us do. Yeah, that, it's so tragic. Um, Tunch was always a a really good guy in the locker room. Um, strong character guy, uh, solid, solid offensive lineman was very, uh, uh, adaptable on the offensive line. Um, you know, not a guy that's going to get a lot of pro bowls, but somebody that you could count on is going to do the job, you know, and he, he was, you know, he, he was just a solid player, you know, just one of those guys that, you, you know, you could have faith in, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, never met the guy, but it appears to be a really great guy if you've ever watched him on some of the uh the specials the Steelers do the interviews and stuff and the and in the game the broadcast on the radio it just seems like a real great guy and just you know prayers to him and his family uh it's just uh just horrible news yeah definitely I mean the guy was a sixth round draft pick in 1980 and and played for 12 years for the Steelers I mean that's a a great career he had and on the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team so yeah just uh yeah really really sad news I hope it's hope it's okay. They're making progress with this stuff all the time, and you know you kind of got to hope that there's uh, some you know they, there's some things that they can do to slow down the progression of this horrible disease. Um, yeah, thoughts and prayers, like you say. Yep, definitely. I can't, I can't even imagine it's, it's just it's the worst in it, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, best wishes to him. Um, around the league, a little bit. Uh, there's been a, a fair bit going on. Um, the first bit, Gav trampled on all over earlier. Lev Bell's been released by the Jets, um, following no trade suitors apparently for, for over a year while they've been trying to trade him. Um, obviously, Lev Bell textbook sent out the the prayer emoji straight after. Uh, I don't know what I'm more surprised by here that the Jets have actually you know let him leave despite the fact they're taking a 25 million dollar hit, or the fact that he uh, didn't outlast Gase, who should have been out the door five weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're tanking, right? And it's uh, it's a mess. I mean, I, I I didn't expect this coming into the year, but this is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Uh, I just don't know how they win a game, but it'll happen, I'm sure. But but they, they are awful. Yeah, awful. they really not recognise their issue that's staring them right in the face. I, have no I mean, idea. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Gase with a fiver. It, it's I, I don't understand how he's still got a job. The dude's got some compromising pitches. I'll tell you that. He's got to. Because <laughs> he doesn't take a genius to work out that Lev Bell isn't their issue. No. <laughs> it's, you know. But on the other hand, they wanted rid of him clearly because they've taken a big cap hit on this. And uh, I don't think he ever gelled well with that team. I don't think he was ever going to gel well with a team that didn't succeed, was he, Le'Veon Bell, let's be honest. Um, I suppose the obvious question that Twitter has moved to is should we re sign Bell? The answer obviously is no, but I'm going to presume that you all <laughs> agree with that unless someone wants to argue with me. Um, would you take Bell back? I, I I personally would, but they probably won't. I would take. Don't be wrong. I, I want to be clear. I, I would if Bell was like, oh, you know, came cap in hand, wishing to return to the Steelers. I wouldn't say no, but uh, you know, we, we, don't, happen, we don't have the money for it or anything like that, and, and you know, we don't need him. I mean, I'd be tempted to take him just so he doesn't go to the Ravens or the the Patriots. Oh God, mm. that's not what I need. I don't see the Ravens wanting him. That that would seem like an odd. The Ravens feel like they need an injection of something. You think? Yeah. 
I don't think they're they're regressing, and I, I'm worried I mean, that. How many running actually... backs can they have? They've already got um, you know Three, J.K. But, Dobbins and... and Lamar Jackson. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like their running game's not firing on all fronts like it was before, and that he would be an ideal in addition to their offense and get them back on last season form. So that that's a, a little little premonition there. I don't want to see happen. I just thought it was the Patriots to be honest, but yeah, the Ravens might be worse. I think the Ravens would be worse at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Harbaugh, who, you know, has done things like this with the Steelers in the past. No, no, he hasn't signed anybody of that notoriety, but he has signed ex-Steelers, you know, before we were about to play them in the past. So I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. I could see him sitting for a, for a little while, to be honest. You know, there was no there was no trade suitors. I don't I don't know that anyone's super interested in him right now. That that that's because of the contract. I mean, there's so many running back injuries at the moment. I think I think he'll find work pretty quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the next couple of weeks. And I think I think it will come down. I I think he's had his payday, and I think he'll now want to pick a good team. Yeah, I agree. Are we forgetting about his illustrious rap career? Well, never forget money in other ways, you know, right? I, I saw a I saw a hot take on Twitter today from Colin Dunlap who said that um, I've seen you know obviously Lev Bell's invested a lot of time into his rap career and AB's one song that he released was better than anything Lev Bell released. I thought I thought that was a bad take. I thought AB's song was awful. Sound like he was talking about dildos and Sean Payton. It was, it was weird. <laughs> anyway, go back That's to the it. episode when we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, the the highlight. The, I, I saw someone tweet out that the highlight of uh, Lev Bell's New York uh, career was when he got jacked by two girls in his bedroom. <laughs> we spent a good time talking about that too. We did. Oh, nothing. Nothing else memorable to come out of the Lev Bell New York Jets era. You know, between Lev Bell and Earl Thomas, we spent quite a long time on this podcast talking about two women and an NFL player in the bedroom, haven't we? Yeah, it was two men, but anyway, let's move on. Wasn't it two... Well, uh, oh, no, Earl, Earl let's, Thomas let's, was. I suppose it was two men and two women because his girlfriend walked in. Oh, was it? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was his brother. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's in the long grass right, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, no problem. No to answer your question, I would take him. <laughs> Sorry, I would, I would take him, but it would obviously have to be a very team-friendly deal. And you'd have to you'd have to sort of get him in and make sure he's no longer a diddler. But I don't think he's uh, he's not that much of a diddler. It, it, it was it was I think it was ninety percent business, right? Yeah, so yeah, you can kind yeah. of expect he did he did make some comments and some things said some did, things about Ben a bit, a bit diddly. So you'd want you'd want to yeah a bit diddlish. So you'd want to, you'd want to um, make sure that Ben was cool. It wasn't going to upset the dressing room or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no pro bowl, no pro bowl, no pro bowl. Couldn't care less. Still going to get. <laughs> Waiting still going to get the uh, Pro Bowl selections, aren't you? We'll probably get the Pro Bowl hats. Um, yeah, uh, I, whatever. I just thought I'd mention that because it seemed relevant, but seems, I, seems seems wise. I think that seems to make sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Can they not just do the the bit where the quarterbacks throw all the targets? I love I quite that. Quite like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just do I, that. Get rid of the rest of it. Just do that bit. And I like the bit where they do the little like assault course where one player does a thing related to their position. It's like a race. And then they, the running back dives through the wall at the end. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay, a millennial. Can... Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Pro Bowl was like skills competition was literally made for me and children. Um, <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to talk about league-wide before we get into the AFC North check-in. Um, the Titans blew out the Bills last night. Um, on Tuesday night football, which was weird. Um, now I don't. I'm not going to ask for the trumpets um, <laughs> with me saying <laughs> the Bills were a, a, a Super Bowl candidate. But 
the Titans, did they have an unfair advantage with this rest? I know we kind of thought maybe they were uh, going to be affected negatively with all this, but um, Taylor Luan felt a bit cocky coming off the field, you know, ranting about the adversity, and then everyone's got on got on him a little bit, you know, saying that breaking COVID protocols as a team isn't adversity. But I, I don't know, did they have a bit of an unfair advantage over the Bills in this game? What do you think? I mean, they couldn't officially practice. So well, I know they were getting together in the park or whatever and throwing some balls. I don't know. Um I, I don't think it was an unfair advantage. It's just weird for me because, you know, I've been hearing all yeah, season about these yeah, Buffalo Bills. Everyone was moaning, oh no, the Steelers have got their bye. That's going to ruin their momentum. No, come on, you can't have it both ways. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've just been hearing about these amazing Bills and, you know, the, oh, watch the Bills. Josh Allen's so great, you know, it throws two interceptions. The Bills suck, you know. Yeah. What a surprise. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- Titans defense was good. I, as you as you may remember, I picked the Titans to beat the Steelers. I think they I think that I picked them to make the playoffs last year. I think they're a good team. They've got an identity. Uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, I was saying he's not maybe a bit overrated. He came up with the two picks. He you know, he's in the right place at the right time, and you know they they made some good plays. They got just, AJ Brown's back. You know, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. It rung the whole game to me when I was watching it last night. It just rung off to me. I didn't like it. I frankly didn't care whether or not um, they had an unfair advantage or not. I just wanted them rake through the coals a little bit, you know. I didn't like it. <laughs> well, they've got they've got disciplinary action coming, haven't they? Yeah, well, I'm sure they do. But you know, I just I, I just felt they should have been made to lose. You know, you you, you ever watch Game of Thrones and and uh, anyone watch Game of Thrones here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know when the uh, Cersei, the, the the queen, gets sort of dragged out of the palace and lorded around naked and the ring in the belt. That's what I wanted. I wanted the Titans to be shamed. Yeah, you know? <laughs> this, this wasn't to be a fair game. I wanted them to just be raked against the coes against the Bills and just you know decimated, and, and that was their whipping. But it, it was too congratulatory, you know. Anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> Uh, AFC North check in. It's easy this week because it was the Ravens against the Bengals, and the Bengals suck, and the Ravens suck less. Um, I don't know. The question here is: the Ravens, the Bengals are a complete mess. The, the Ravens, are, you mentioned it, Gavin. What are you feeling about them right now? Because they seem a little bit less than last year. Definitely, as predicted, they're regressing. I think uh, the, the the defense is creating turnovers, and and that's you know they're going to be a tough game to you know the two t- games against them are going to be really tough. Definitely. Obviously, the opposition against yeah, going to be tough. But uh, I don't know. They they don't seem to be. They don't have that magic they had last year. Do you agree? I think I think I uh, Jackson's not throwing so well. He's not running so well. He's not making so many good decisions. The run game overall doesn't look as you know, effective. You know, I think I think they you know the Steelers could be in a good spot here. Well, that that's a good question because that takes us on to um, the uh, the Browns who we're, we're going to preview now, um, who beat the Indianapolis Colts this last week. Uh, the Colts, obviously, 3-1 and one as well, I believe, at that point. Um, a great defense, you know, like ours. Um, this this scares me a little bit now because... And I suppose we'll start the preview by saying, you know, the 4-1 and one Browns this week... It, is it at Heinz, this? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. 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 Um, this is the closest matchup on paper we've seen for a very long time between these two teams... Do you see them as legitimate, you know, playoff or even AFC North contenders at this point? You know, are they right up there with the Steelers and the the Ravens? It's at it's at Browns, isn't it? Am I wrong? Is it? Sorry, I don't. I, that's why I asked. I, I oh. blame Dave if it is. I think it's at Browns. <laughs> no, I think it's in Hinesfield. Oh, oh, is it? Can we get oh, a decision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'm wrong. Okay. Oh, get off. Trample's all over me for I'm that. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Send it to the sin bin. Right, you don't get to talk first. <laughs> um, Rich. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Rich, do you see the Browns as uh, you know real AFC North contenders this year, or, or were the Browns up? Yeah, I do. Because I think, um, you know, they have the defense is solid. They have a lot of weapons. And last year, Baker Mayfield, I mean, just he stunk. You know, I mean, he just did. This year, he's playing much better. He's, he he um, he slowed down a little bit, um, but he's still playing pretty good football. He's throwing the ball a lot more accurately than he did last year. Um, so I think they are. I, I think they absolutely are. Um, but uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be the it's going to be the Steelers and the Ravens battling it out for that for that number one spot. It does worry me a little bit, and I'm a constant worrier anyway. But the way the Browns have played, specific, you know, especially on—I mean, like you say—the defense is, is is good. But the, the way they're playing with the run game, I know Chubb's on IR at the minute, but uh, the offense is just firing on all cylinders, which was always the fear, right? You know, when they started the last couple of years, we said, you know, we're surprised that this offense hasn't played up to its potential. Well, it, it feels like it's starting to, um, and that's a scary do proposition for me. Do you um, think so? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think it is? Well, I think we had the we had the the Odell breakout game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and obviously the the start of the season we had you know the run game dominance, but um, Chubb's been out and and Hunt's obviously very dangerous. So you know that run game will have to be accounted for. But it it just comes down to Baker, and I, I'm still not I'm not convinced by Baker. I think I think I think there's ways you can beat him. I think you can make him play bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not in love with him, but but tell me how we make him play bad. Um, just smash him in the face for the first quarter, and then well, and we then said that about we, Carson Wentz, and we did. Yeah, but this is different. This is different. We went okay. Wentz overcame their line played well enough that um, that he was getting just enough time to get the pass off. I think Baker's tendency to suddenly flee the pocket, roll out, and to try and make a, a crazy play on a scramble. Um, can be exploited in a way that you couldn't exploit Wentz because Wentz, I think, is a bit bit calmer than Mayfield. Now, when 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 it goes uh, Baker's way, he looks great, and, and and we've seen him make plays in the last couple of spe- not the last the game before last um, that wor- it worked for him. But I think you know if you can smash him, can, can t- contain him on those rollouts because you know he always rolls out um, on that one side. It's going to be on to Bud's side. He always rolls out that side. So if you if you know that's coming, you've got Hilton there that can 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 try and contain him as well, and then and force that and force him into bad throws, making quick decisions on the rollout. I think I think you could expose him. Yeah, that's what I think. So so pressure him early, get in his face, and then start to 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 trick him into throwing into into you know quick throws on the run into people where the, where there is a Steelers defender ready to pick him off. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, uh, you know, I wrote down this week. I said this this could be the uh, the pass rush's second chance to kind of take advantage of what we didn't take advantage of so much with with Wentz. Um, I, I just think that the, the Browns do have a better all line. It's not it's not a it's not a fantastic all line. I think can definitely be taken advantage of, but uh, it's better than what the Eagles had last week. <laughs> do we know about uh, Wyatt Teller? Is he is he good to go? Because he's playing well this year. Uh, is he, is injury, I didn't check the injury report. report. I didn't. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being honest. So there's quite a few of them. Mayfield himself. Mayfield's sore, apparently good. Uh, yeah. Apparently he came back as okay. He's still questionable, but I'm I'm sure he'll play. He'll be fine. 
Um, obviously, Chubb is on IR. That's their biggest missing piece. Um, but, you know, Hunt and Chubb are just such a a tandem. You know, Hunt scares me almost as much as Chubb does anyway. Um, I mean, I think they are the two big battles in this game. I think is is our pass rush getting to Baker because I agree. I think he's 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 flighty. You know, he's uh, yeah. He makes you got to spook him. Yeah, yeah you got to spook him. Uh, he, he doesn't quite see ghosts the way that Sam Darnold does, but, but he's up there. Um, and you know, the, I wrote this down this week. The, the Browns are first in yards per carry with five point five, and we only allow three point three with it, and even less if you take out that Miles Sanders run. Um, so, I mean, that's just a, a mega, mega battle there is when they have the ball and they're, they're trying to rush it down our throats. And that I'm confident in. I think they will have to make Baker throw, but then that is what scares me. Because if OBJ and Jarvis Landry get hot and, you know, we, we, we're seeing that both of our corners are struggling right now, that, you know, we start getting into a shootout with the Browns, I'm worried about our prospects. Yeah. You know, I just think they've what... got to come up with a way of setting traps for him. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying. You know, you've got, Honestly... got to go on, Rich. I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done, Gav. Go ahead. No, no, I've never done. Sorry, I joined on for ages. You go. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say with 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 the weapons we have now, I think we can I think we can win a shootout with any team, including the mm. the Chiefs. Wow. I really I mean we we have a set of receivers that who do you who do you double team? Who do you key on? I mean, they're really especially with Claypool now showing that, you know, he's he's for real in this league. You know, with Juju healthy and Johnson healthy, you know, and and Connor healthy and, and Ben playing the way he is, I think we can shoot out with anyone. You know, so I'm not too concerned about a shootout, but I would rather have you know our defense play the way that they, you know, that they've shown they can play and, and just you know, shut these guys down. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Browns have got half of a very good defense and half of a quite a poor defense. Like they've got they've got Garrett who's good, Ward who's good. Smith there, Sam linebacker's good. Harrison's playing well at safety. And then on the other side, you've got, you know, Sendejo and Tiki Taki or whatever he's Sendejo called. Sendejo was always so good with the Vikings. What's happened with him? Yeah, he's not playing well. And Mitchell, you know, and then the, you've got Vernon, who's not playing well either. So Yeah, I thought that was I, a good I, sign at the time. That's kind of... Uh... Yeah. Uh, they've got o- Ogan Joby, who uh, is good against the run. He's a real good run stopper, but... Um, yeah, I, I think this is a, this can be uh, exploited. Okay, okay. I just think ultimately, I think we have the better QB, but but outside of that, they're they're. I mean, their offense. I don't. I don't. I don't want to do is get too carried away with the last game. I thought our offense played brilliantly, and and let's hope that that continues, Rich, like you say. Um, but but the Browns' offense has been more productive than our offense over four games, or over five games for them. You know, um, and a lot of that's down to their run game, and you know, I think that's where that matchup's going to be so important is if we can stop that. That's all. Um, but you know, like Rich says, hopefully you know the depth of our receivers and, and Claypool can can step up and carry on the the form that he's in. And I, don't, I mean, I don't think he'll have four touchdowns again. But we have such depth that you've got to be confident uh, against this defense either way. Um, Miles Garrett's coming back into town, like you said, Gav. Public enemy number yeah. one. In, I was going to say, what do you do? Do, do you uh, do you uh, sit? Do you make Mason inactive so that he doesn't even <laughs> see him on the sideline and gets gets angry? You just keep him keep him off. <laughs> Keep him away, keep him on the, you know, keep him uh, up in the booth. Oh, God, could you imagine, I mean, listen, I mean, can we all just, everyone put your hands on some wood, please, but, oh, God, could you imagine the storyline if, if Mason had to come in this game for whatever reason? I just, I, I, my heart couldn't handle it. <laughs> It'd be too much. <laughs> uh, God, I don't know, man. That, that would be just, the, you can see it, though, can't you? You know, Miles yeah. Garrett taking Mason Rudolph down and fight breaking out. Oh, dear God. 
Mel's Garrett's still uh, number one public enemy over there. I suppose you're not in Pittsburgh, are you? So I don't really know why I'm asking you. You're as far away as we are, but um, it feels like it's quieted like down. You think? Yeah, I feel. Like, I feel to me. I don't know. I still feel like on a lot just, of heat on Twitter. Just on, on on Twitter, it feels like it's quieted down to yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. I we'll see. We'll see how much. It. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I think you just keep him out. Um, Josh Jobs. Josh, yeah, this could be Josh Dobbs' revenge game. Um, one thing I will say, did you know, this is a did you know round, uh, did you know that Ryan Switzer's on the Browns practice squad? I did not know that. I didn't know really? that either. Um, I just wondered if he'd uh, reprinted some of his Switzerland t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just marked out with a Sharpie, just <laughs> right I underneath it. I wonder if like, him, and, him and Baker are like, on the Dodgems at the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, so but like you say, it, 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 the, to get back into reality of wide receivers <laughs> on their team, Landry and Beckham both very dangerous, and we, you know I, it's going to be challenging one on one for Nelson and Hayden. You alluded to it earlier, you know. So I think they're going to have to keep keep um, Minka back, covering you know over the top. So is that going to open things? Isn't Injoku back? Is he back? I think so. So, you know, they've got two solid, you know, pass-catching tight ends there in Joku and Hooper. So I'm worried about it. It's going to be a big game for Edmonds to step up and Bush, like you say, just to cover those tight ends if if, if the defence has got their, you know, they're concentrating on Beckham and Landry. I, I do think we've done a good job with tight ends so, so far this season, though, and, and we've, we've faced some pretty good ones, you know, um, which I've been surprised by. And the Browns, from what I hear, are constantly bemoaning how disappointing the tight ends are. So hopefully that'll continue to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, and, and watch out for the old trick play as well, because both Landry and Beckham mm. have, have got an arm on them, haven't they? Yeah, I don't want to see a Jarvis Landry touchdown pass. No. Land, Landry to Beckham. No, thanks. Oh, God. They're so obnoxious, aren't they? Is it? Ugh. Bloody Browns. Can't stand the Browns being good all of a sudden. Though. What's that about? Um, Dave, uh, we've not heard a lot from you, so, so tell us what you think of this game and then give us a uh, give us your uh, score prediction. You know, for so long, the Browns were a team without an identity that it feels weird to be treating them with some respect. It does, right? <laughs> but um, I'm I'm worried about this, and I even actually think we're going to lose. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry to break the sort of homerism trend and think we're going to lose a game for once I, this I season. But um, but hey, if we win, great. But um, I don't think I, I think we're we're going to split with the Browns. I wasn't so sure at the start of the season if we would, but um, after the way it's sort of progressed, I think it's probably going to be a game each. Um, but I've made a prediction of twenty-three, twenty-six. Um, which I, I don't know that that sort of feels. A bit conservative. I think it could. I mean, if the offense is like last week, it could be a sort of a, a rugby score. Who knows? But um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't feel confident at all in 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 the defense. It's it's sort of it's been shot for me a little bit. But I can't. I'm. I'm in mean, this sort of weird. Is the word dichotomy where you sort of got something pulling you one way, the offense is pulling me towards win, but the defense is dragging me back. Dave, uh, so, yeah. you can't crack out um, four-syllable words on this podcast. You know what our listenership is like? Well, you know, I'm not even sure if it's the right word, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I heard I heard someone say it once. It might have been on, on Big Bang Theory years ago. But it, you know, it's I'm being pulled in two directions, and my negative side is is taking hold this week. So yeah, twenty three, twenty six okay. lose. I think okay. a division or contrast between two things that are represented as being opposed or entirely different. So I was right. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I think yeah, that's pretty nailed it. Well done. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, give us your bold prediction while we're here, because we'll go around the, the horn with this. Um, I was initially thinking that um, five players would put Miles Garrett on his ass, but I thought felt a bit too bold. Wow. So uh, I'm going with Juju Karma Mark Two, because I, I could see him getting all riled up against the Eagles, and I think he's that's something I like about Juju. He's got a mean streak about him. He's a really nice guy, but he's got a mean streak. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm predicting Juju Mark two. So what what is this prediction? Well, what is the prediction? <laughs> <laughs> that he's he's going to get a, a repeat of what he did to um, Perfect, standing over him, knocking him on the ground, standing over him. A Juju big him. aggressive hit. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's a new wrinkle this week that we have to decide how many points this is worth. Yeah. I think that's worth one point. It, only because it's a little bit subjective. Yeah, there's no uh, clear cut. Right. So. Yeah, okay. but, but but then Juju doesn't. You know, it's not like we often see Juju hitting dudes. So I don't know. Would my would my five players put him on his ass? Feel a bit more bold. No, so no. you're saying that five players hit. Uh, that just seems hard to track. <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, like they swarm him. Not in one go. And does one of them include like I don't know, Mike Tomlin? <laughs> it could. It that must. would be very bold. <laughs> We dangle out three points for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want all the points for that one. Uh, okay, let, let's stick with that. Right, okay, I don't mind the Juju one. The Juju one's fine. I just, I was yeah. just trying to understand exactly what uh, it would entail. So what would Juju have to do? But you're saying it would have to be an, an ultra-aggressive hit where he kind of taunts a little bit. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we need to talk... We need to we do we need to recap what happened. We do we do that later. We'll do that later. We'll do that after we've gone around the, the horn. So okay, uh, okay I go. So uh, my bold prediction score kind of tied into one another again as I did last week. Or, what, what was my prediction last week? I, I totally balls it up. Score? Uh, no, for the bold prediction, it was it was tied into the hold score. hold Eagles to under ten that points. It. That was it. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, my prediction this week. Sorry, can't resist. <sighs> My prediction this week is um, that this is going to be both a one-point game and that both teams are going to score more than 30 points each. Okay, so over over 60 points. Well, both teams will score. Both so, teams. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to extend beyond the box in my thing. Both teams <laughs> score 30. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a one-point game. It's a one-point game. Uh, which leads on to my score prediction, which is going to be... Uh, I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Dave. And do you know what? I was going to say this earlier, but I thought it sounded too negative. I'm very concerned about the prospect of going 0-3 in the next three games, um, which I think might drag some people back to reality, uh, some of those being in this podcast studio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we got the Ravens, the Browns, the Titans coming up. That that run scares me, and I think... It is a scary run. I think we... But this, this is this is, this is is the reality check, right? This uh, yeah, is where is. we find out who the Steelers really are. I think we are very much due a loss, um, if that's a thing. And I think that we will split with the Browns, as I've said 
uh, no end this season. But you know, this is this is the the Heinz game. So I'm going to give it to the Steelers at 37-36, a score that has only ever happened three times. Jeez. A score that's only ever happened three times. Um, the first time when the Steelers beat the Packers in week 15 of 2009. So that's quite bold. I, 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 well, that that's the, the score prediction, to be fair. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the but that overall is quite bold. I'm willing to give you two two points for that. Both teams score thirty in one point game. I'll take I think you two that's points. A two point prediction. Anyone else want to shout me down there? No. Okay, we're happy with that. <laughs> okay, Rich, you go. Okay, uh, Steelers will win thirty-four to twenty-four. Okay. And my bold prediction is they'll score four touchdowns, two by Juju. One by Connor and one by Ebron. Whoa, the exact four. Yeah, I I, I would offer up uh, two for that definitely. Okay, four TDs, two times Juju, one Connor, one Ebron, and it's uh, a two-pointer. That's very bold. Okay. Okay. Sorry, need to speed up my typing and thinking. <laughs> right, I'm, I've got a Steelers win. I know, you know, people are getting coming on me for being too optimistic, but I think, like you say, even if the, the Steelers split this this game, this is this is as you said the home game. So I'm, that that backs up my point. Although I thought it was the away game. Um, that was Google's fault. <laughs> Google's been a bit weird. Have you noticed? Google's like getting scores wrong, and, and I'm Listen, not trusting Google. Gab, I told I'm you last week. Way. This is a Bing household now. Yeah. <laughs> it was being weird with the NFL. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I'm going to go for 28-24. So it's, I've got, we've all got it as a fairly high-scoring game. Um, and my bold prediction, it comes down to Ray Ray. I think Ray Ray's going to get a return TD against this special teams. But I also think we're going to see the first Ray Ray fumble. So wait, so we're going to get a, a Ray Ray touchdown and a fumble. We're going to see the high and low low of Ray Ray. Yeah, the high and the low. Wow. That's bold. That's, that's a two-pointer for me. Right. Now I feel like we've been harsh on Dave. I think maybe we should give Dave the two points. <laughs> no, no. If, if it's been decided, it's been decided. I don't know if if, if I don't know. I don't know. Like it's Gav's, it's Gav's baby. I'll let him figure it out. Well, you gave Dave. You gave Dave a one pointer for that. Oh, do you think, Rich? Yeah. Do you need to cut? Do, you, do, you, do we need to look well, back at that? It's only happened once yeah, in, in yeah. Juju's NFL career, so I think. All right. Got... All right. Yeah, we'll I agree. Him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll give him two. He's just, just being a bully now, Gav. It's because he sne- he got the bold prediction right this week. No, no spoilers. I don't. Um, I don't need your pity points. Don't worry. No, 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 no. no. You've earned it. You've earned it. Uh, go on. Give us the rundown of last week, then, uh, Gav. So, so obviously you had uh, hold Eagles to under ten, as we just heard. Trumpets, oh. sad, sad ones. Um, I I had two interceptions, but from different QBs. So. We're not getting into half points or one point. You wouldn't or two, even get so... one tenth of a point for that girl because that wasn't the bold part. It wasn't the bold part. So I got the two picks right. Needed needed Hurts uh, to throw one there. Uh, so and and then Rich had uh, TJ Watt three sacks and a forced fumble. That didn't happen unfortunately. But uh, Dave had Wentz held two TDs. So uh, you get some. So how did you come to this decision, Dave? Please explain your thinking. My thinking? It was just, I think it was just going to, it was bound to happen. I think <laughs> he, he, hadn't, he hadn't, 
he hadn't had multiple he hadn't thrown multiple touchdowns for what since week one so it was it was at some point it was going to happen and I, things generally happen against the Steelers so it's it's got a if it's going to happen it's happening now you know what it was, Gav? It's just, it's just sprung in my head. I remember the conversation from last week. Dave said it was exactly two touchdowns, and that's why we accepted yeah. it as bold. I remember now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, but that, that's what I mean, though. Exactly two. You yeah. knew he wasn't going to get three. Uh, I was just an inkling, I guess. I just, I just, I, I, you know, He's look into the future. I see it, an oracle. Yeah. A soothsayer. I, 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 I have my universe draw. I ask things for things, and then he never give me it. But... Oh, yeah, I forgot you were into the secret. So, um, so well done. Did we so, get the scores, uh, or was it we all out on the score? No, we're all out on the score. Okay. No one's there the scores. Um, <laughs> but uh, we all we all picked winning teams yep. this week, and you picked the you picked the Texans side, which was just kind of a bold pick. Yep. Maybe if we'd we'd uh, picked an old fourteen. Yeah, maybe that would have been a two pointer if we'd had that wrinkle in the rules, well, like I don't that, know. which we do were now. They, were they the underdogs? They were playing the Jags, so probably no. <laughs> no, but still. Yeah, they're not the underdogs. You know. No, they weren't. Yeah. But still, like you say, you know, they've just gone through a coaching change and you know, own four. So, props to you. But yeah, we also we're not going to do a score update yet. But um, let's just say we're all kind of in the same ballpark at the moment. There you go. <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping track of this, not me. Um, okay, the, the gauntlet this week then. Um, I've already got my team, so I'll go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to take this opportunity to take the Dolphins, which feels like a bit of a cowardly pick, maybe after they they pummeled the Niners the other week. But um, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, it's a wise pick. Playing the Jets, of course. Do we think that's a one point or a two point one? Uh... Probably, it's probably a one point. I don't think yeah. you can get a two pointer against the Jets this year. No. What were you going to say, Dave? After my sort of run of picking the team, playing the Jets, I was going to sort of flip flip it around and take the Jets because they've, Ooh. you know. Oh, bold. That'd be two points. That's a two-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> but after getting shut of Lev Bell, I, I don't know what to do now. It's 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 uh, it's made it difficult for my decision. Lev Bell's not done anything anyway. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But it's just, it feels like um, they're just an entirely weaker team now after that. Um. Sod it, I'm going I'm to be bold. Oh, I love, I like your soddits. I love your soddits. You always talk yourself into it. <laughs> so you're taking the Jets and we agree that's a two-pointer. Yeah. And oh, what I like great. is, what I like about that is that that's a three-point swing on me if yeah. he gets it, mm. you know? That's true. It's a lock-off. No, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's that other podcast. No, that, that's copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> Rich? Okay, um, I'm going. To, <laughs> I'm going to take the Titans. Ooh. Ooh. I did think about the Titans this week, Rich. Until I saw the Dolphins, I was on the Titans train as well. Who are they playing against? Someone. Uh, Texans. Texans. The Texans. Do we think that that's a one pointer, right? Uh, yeah, that's a one pointer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels like a one pointer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for. They're away, but I'm going to go for the Ravens. Who the Ravens play? They are playing the Eagles. Cool. Okay. And nobody's picked a team they've already picked? I want to double check. I'm just double checking. I'm checking that now. Me. That's the no, confusing no one's, part. No one's picked the Dolphins or the Jets. Definitely not. And no, Rich hasn't picked the Titans and I haven't picked the Ravens. So okay. we're all good. We're all okay. square. All right. Wow. Well, that wraps up our uh, weekly football discussion. Uh, oh, I assume. 
Um, we'll take it to Dave now for some musings. Four large dollars, kids. Everything on them. You want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. Right. Well, we have we have two things this week. Um, one football based and one non. But one of them, I think, has more discussion than the other. Um, I was contacted by a guy with a fantastic name of Michael Hart on Twitter. Um, the wrestler. No, that's Bret Hart. Sorry. That's Bret Hart. Isn't he? Is he dead? Didn't he die doing Did a he? stunt? No, I'm I think that, that was his brother. I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, at Kettering Blade on Twitter. He contacted me. Um, well, we had a bit of a, a discussion on uh, on Twitter, um, but he asked to pose a question to to you guys. Um, and if anyone does want to pose a question, please do get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. Don't don't tweet the show though, because Sai gets all funny with you guys getting in touch with him after the uh, the the loss of the pitter um debacle this is not true this is this is blasphemy Pitter gate Pitter gate whatever <laughs> tweet the show as long as you eat your donna meat and nanny you're not a savage <laughs> brett hart fans rejoice still alive yeah yeah so, sorry to scare all the brett hart fans out there um but he, he's he thinks that the um the biggest question over the team is ben's future um so he's asking when do we replace ben um, in the 21-22 draft, and he says that Rudolph surely can't be our QB going forward. Um, I've got a feeling Gav might have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of with a uh, number of contracts coming up, Juju, etc. Where do we feel he's? You know, we're going to stand QB-wise, and how soon will we pick a new one up? Well. Michael has clearly not been listening this off-season when we were uh, discussing this at length, or if he was, he maybe really? thinks we've uh, we've changed our opinion, which maybe we have. So maybe it's a good time to come back to this. Um, what do you guys think? Well, si? a little birdie tells me that um, your boy Brock Purdy is having a poor season. Was that a birdie me? That birdie was you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, he's not started as well, but maybe that maybe that plays into the Steelers' hands because I still think he's got it. And he's, 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 I mean, he was on a poor team last year, but it's it's even poorer this year. And yeah, uh, I'll put up his record in a second, but it's not it's not going as well. But maybe that maybe that means he falls in the draft, or maybe they they move up and get a Trey Lance. Although I think he's going to go end up going higher than than some people have him going. I, I he's, hear he's top ten. Is that not right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it could be. I, I I think I said the other day I could see the 49ers going for. He would fit their offense so perfectly. But um, I don't know. With Ben, it's so tricky. It comes down to the financials, doesn't it? Really, and, and how long. If he's if he's playing like he is at the moment, and he does a team friendly deal, he, he could play for for several years. Um, if he if if he's not prepared to do a, a team friendly deal, then that's a tricky situation. Do you do you go out and trade for a Sam Darnold or something like that? It's a possibility could happen. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear what what Rich thinks because my opinions changed on this a little bit because I, I now don't think the Steelers will draft a quarterback in this draft because uh, I think what we've seen out of Ben shows us that he's going to want to stick around. We aren't the Packers. We aren't going to want to upset Ben. So I don't know, Rich. What do you think? Yeah, I, if you guys remember, right in the off season, I predicted they would take a quarterback in the first round, and um, I'm still going to stick to that. Even though I think that Ben, the way he's playing now, I, I think he may have more than just another season in addition to this one. I mean, he looks so good. And that's kind of up to him 
But um, I still think they will because the, the, the opportunity to learn under a Hall of Famer is so valuable. That experience is so valuable. I, th- I think that, you know, as long as they don't, if that cap can, can stay at around $200 million, they don't lose half of their team because of it. I, I think, you know, I think for sure they'll, they're going to go with a quarterback in the first round. If they do end up losing all the guys that it looks like they may lose, then maybe that won't happen. But um, yeah, I still kind of I, I'm still sticking with my original uh, assessment. Okay, mm. uh, and Dave, what do you think? Um, like, like you've uh, said, say I think um, I see enough out of Ben that is there's there's gas in the tank yet. I think um, he's still got. I think I think in terms of like a team friendly deal, I think he'd rather stay in Pittsburgh. I can't see him being someone who's just going around. If you won't give me the money, I'll go elsewhere. I think he's either. He's either in Pittsburgh or he's retiring. He's, I don't think he wants to be anywhere else. Um, uh, I don't think I'm not sold on the whole Sam Darnold thing either. I don't. I don't see what he'd. I don't think he'd be enough, really. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Jets have, have sort of given him enough to really show what he can do. So I might be wrong, but um, no, I'm not sold on him. Um, but yeah, in terms of keeping things friendly for the team. I, I don't know what, who's you know who's going to be hanging around. I think we've all sort of agreed that Bud's probably not going to be hanging around. Um, Juju's sort of in the balance, I think, at the moment. So, you know, long season to go yet, but it's maybe in the balance a little bit with number of receivers around him, sort of proving their their worth. So yeah, things. I mean, I'm I'm in nowhere near a capologist. I haven't got a clue in, when it comes to numbers. So you guys probably know better than me in terms of cap hits and what have you. But I just think it's too early to say with us because we just don't know what's going to happen with the cap. The shit's so volatile. You know, it could be anywhere from 175 million to you know who knows 210 million if they don't change it. So we, we need yeah. to see what happens with that. But yeah, I, I can entirely see. I mean, I, I don't know what QBs are in. You know, coming up in the draft at the moment. I, I haven't even had any sort of chance to look at what's what, what's out there. So Kyle Trask. He's getting a lot of buzz. He's he's a real riser. So he's he's pushing for he's pushing for that number four, number okay. four spot. In the, is yeah. Brock definitely number three? Like, where are we with this? Is he like a? Well, I, I I I like Brock. I think I think it's obviously it's Fields and Lawrence, and then it's yeah. Trey Lance, and then I think it's Brock after that. But people, a lot of people, and still Jedi. I don't know if you're listening to the show, but you you've hit me up on the. He thinks that Brock Purdy's not even top ten. So it seems to be some disagreement. It's early, but, yeah, isn't it? it's hard to say. Right, it's early, but um, yeah, a lot of people liking Carl Trask, uh, thinking he's I think he's Florida, isn't he? Let me tell you, Florida. I'm going to get this wrong and embarrass myself. I think he's Florida. Uh, he's like a kind of big armed guy that people seem to like. Um, Brock's doing well. I mean, they're three and one in their three and zero in their conference, but he's just not playing lights out like he was last year and um, then the year before. Um, so sorry, Dave, I kind of hijacked your midpoint. It's okay. What we no, saying? no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, but I'm a big Brock, Brock Ferdy fan. I've been advocating that he should be someone. He's kind of like a sort of mini Russell Wilson in a lot of ways. Really mobile, really hyper accurate. Throws into tight windows. Elevates everyone around him. You know, he's not like a he he pulls the team with him. So. I don't know. With this season, it feels like the Steelers' backup situation isn't good, and yeah. we've seen what happened. What's happened with with Dak? You know that can that can strike at any moment, and heavens forbid, you know, it happened happened last year. But Steelers, Steelers looking like you know they've got an, with the four and zero record, they've got like an eighty percent chance of making the playoffs. So you need to ensure. You know, we saw what happened with the Eagles. You know, Wentz went down, Foles came in, and you know won the Super Bowl. So you kind of want 
a situation there. I'm not sure Mason is that situation, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We, 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 there's, there's things to like about Mason, we've said, but is he that guy that can come in and get hot? I'm not sure. So it, it's, it's, it's a worry, the backup thing. It's more, more of a worry to me at, at the moment rather than the future because, like you say, we need to find out what's happening with the cap. And I, I think they do start firing off in the draft. I think they do pick someone next year. Mm-hmm. It's, pretty, it's a pretty deep class. And what, what would you say are the needs now? I mean, obviously, Bud going next year, that would be a, a need. But where else would you... This team's pretty... I mean, maybe a cornerback, but their, their, their record of drafting cornerbacks isn't great. So, I don't know. What it's else hard, what yeah. else it, it, need? It's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, don't, I don't want to get too deep into this now because I think it's all going to change by the time uh, the draft rolls around because, firstly, we know so little about the quarterbacks coming out other than Gav, who's the resident expert on Brock Purdy. Um... You got me. Exci- you got me excited. By the way, you mentioned you mentioned Russell Wilson. You're gonna be all, ex- all hot under the collar. Oh yeah, you ch- it remind, it really remind, like his. Just check him out. His playmaking is awesome. Good just the, the, yeah, the running. You know, he's he's the kind of guy that will sit in the pocket and and dissect, but then suddenly just he'll tear off a sort of ten yard run, get a first down, and then he'll run and roll out and get another another like tight window throw. Yeah, well, I'm, please I'm, check I'm, that highlights. Uh, I'm hosting the UK uh, Seahawks podcast right after this, so I'll, I'll make sure. Right. To <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I, I hope that's Iowa State Cyclones. Anyway, <laughs> I hope that's answered your question, Michael. Um, by the way, I'm not sure if there's any relation between myself and Michael. There might well be. Might be a bit of a uh, bit of family that I don't know about. Um, Is it spelled the same way? Exactly the same way as well, according to him. Good. So. Good to start Kebab Corner with the football questions. Feels like we're sort of yeah. hot one foot in, one foot out. Like we're still sober. But to take yeah. a, a full step into you the know when you, get, you know when you get in the bath and you realise you forgot the towel? So you have to like run. <laughs> that's what, that's what, anyway, sorry, Dave. Yeah. So we've gone for a mid-drinks. We've gone for, we've nipped out and maybe we've got some quick meat and chips to go back to the pub. Yeah. Come back later. I can't do that. I yeah. can't eat and then drink. Oh, something wrong with me. So, yeah, to take a full step into the bath corner. <laughs> um, th- there was some literal Twitter beef I had this week. Oh. Um, that, uh, a friend of mine, well, there's a bit of a, well, it's not an interesting story, but it's a story. Um, he was trying to make some posh pigs in blankets. And so by buying full-size sausages and wrapping them in bacon, everyone know, everyone's on board with the pig in blanket, right? Yeah. Wait, does um, Rich know what a pig in a blanket is before we move I on? I do. Oh, good, okay. Right, cool. We're all, on, we're all together. Um, but he thought he'd go a step further and use beef sausages, which to me, I mean, I'm, I I can't stand a beef sausage. There's, there's some that it doesn't te- texturally. It's not right. It's too, I don't know. It's too meaty. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right eating it. Where do you so, sit on um, black pudding? I love black pudding. Where do you I'm, sit on haggis? Um, I'm not a lover of haggis. Ah, I see. There you go. That explains it. it. There was an argument by one person on the show. Um, that there was a, a flattened beef sandwich, uh, beef sausage. Um, there can't just be me that thinks that if it's not tube shaped, it's not a sausage, right? That sounds like a burger with a skin. Exactly. <sighs> You're totally wrong about this, Dave. Listen, <laughs> this is just a Scottish thing, and you just got to let them have it. Like uh, speaking as the half Scottish person on this podcast, um, <laughs> which I feel the need to bring up a lot because I don't sound Scottish. Um, the, the, the square have sausage. You, have you ever brought that up before? I feel like I bring it up all the time. I don't know. I'm, I'm like sure conscious I've... that maybe I'd say it too much. I think I think you've mentioned maybe once that your dad's Scottish or something. Is nah, it right? My, my mum's from Glasgow. 
Glasgow. There you go, your mum. Your mum's from Glasgow. Okay. So, you know, I have a deep connection to this country I've never visited. But we had the Ibrox thing with the Rangers, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I remember now. Um, square sausage is just a, a staple. My mum used to always have it in the freezer. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's good. It, it's, it fits on a bun better. You know, I, don't be wrong. I'm not gonna. I like a sausage, a normal sausage. I like a square sausage. I'm not. I'm not upset by either. This isn't a, a Nan versus Pitta debate where one is so clearly better. What What differentiates a burger from a flat sausage? Uh, it's made of pork. But it's beef. That's what you're saying. It's a beef one. <laughs> what different? You've answered your question, Dave. What did I say that wrong? What What differentiates a, bur- a burger from a flat beef sausage? It can't be a flat beef sausage. Then it would be a burger. <laughs> exactly. That's your that's, point. That, that's your argument. You're saying that a, a, a flat sausage is a sausage. It's not. It's a burger. What? No. I'm... <laughs> am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? I think confused I'm confused. Is, it, is so, it just me? Right. Let Let me try and clear this up with a very simple sentence. A burger, you know, is made it's of beef. Yeah. A square sausage is made of pork. <laughs> I thought. We, I thought maybe there's been a mistake here. I thought your argument is made of beef. Who's what's made of beef? This flat sausage. No, it's, I'm, made, I'm, I'm... it's made of sausage. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were on the on the beef uh, the beef side of things. Wait, I'm confused. Where do we what? Where do we sit on those? Gone. What you saying? Sorry, I just I don't understand. So why would it be a flat sausage if it was made of beef? What if it's, it's, a nice it's still a burger. I think that was his point, and I think. Oh. Are we sure that it was a beef, a flat beef? We're not sure, are we? <laughs> I've, I've confused myself. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> I'm like ninety nine percent certain that a square sausage. Oh, oh my God! Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, oh dear! Right, you, you, you carry on, Dave. And I'm going to try and get some more information on this. So we were also trying to come up with what you would call... Because a pig in a blanket is pig pig in pig, double pig. If you've got a beef sausage wrapped in bacon, it ceases to be a pig in a blanket. Oh, hang on a minute. Dave, I, I think you're right about this and I'm getting confused. You are, Dave, an apology. I'm looking here. Yeah. I'm waiting. It's a.k.a. a lawn sausage. Sausage, yeah, that's what I'm looking L-O-R-N-E. for. L-O-R-N-E. It's a traditional Scottish sausage usually made from minced meat, rusk and spices. But when what makes Rust. it a sausage? Exactly. Oh, I'm with Dave on this. I flipped. I flipped. I need to it's call. A, it, it's a meat waffle. That's what it is. Right now, I feel like this is this is this is similar to the time when I thought a um, uh, oh, what was it? When I thought no, not a cod. What's the thing that sounds like a cod? Um, I, I don't know. I'm getting <laughs> confused. Anyway, I used to think that something was a fish, and it wasn't a fish. A, a, a gammon. That was it. I used to think a gammon. Rome. I used to yeah, think gammon, gammon is definitely not a fish. Well, exactly right. This is this is that exact same thing. I used to think gammon was a fish. I never even questioned it, but it wasn't a fish. This strikes me as the same thing. My mother's been serving me this, you know, for years as a child, and because she called it a square sausage, I think I've always just thought it was pork. Because why why would you call it a sausage? So I'm actually so on board with Dave's argument that I never even questioned that it would be anything else. <laughs> you're, you're defying your heritage. Ah, hang on a minute. <laughs> the meat in this case. Is a mixture of pork and oh, beef. Oh, this is getting too high level. I need to. Right, get, oh. I, I'm not going to call my mother live on the show, but I'm going to call her after. <laughs> I tell you what, I've learned here. I've, I've learned that I want to try a lawn sausage. Why have I had never even had this? We well, do know it's, it's good. 
<laughs> I don't. It's, this hasn't come south of the Watford Gap. The <laughs> rusk and spices. That sounds like an addition I want to try. I'm going to order some of these. Apparently, they're available from Test Guys. Isn't rusk what you give babies? Yeah, it's like a sort of meat biscuit. I mean, a, a, a round biscuit, tasteless biscuit, but I guess that gives it some texture. And I, I trust the Scots after the black puddings. And, not black puddings. I mean, um, haggis. I trust them. Spicy meat. They know how to do that. Well, oh dear. do you know what? Well, I apologise, Dave. I, first of all, I've made a complete tit of my Scottishness after egging it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, embarrassing. I've proven my fake Scottishness, so... Got egg on your face. You ever had yeah. uh, any of this kind of stuff, Rich? Or you, you ever had a haggis over there? No, I've never had haggis. I eat uh, turkey sausage every day for breakfast. That every counts. day? Every day, that's, that's bold. That's committed. For breakfast, yeah, turkey sausage. You ever eat any of those? What those those ones you get around here that are like it's I, I don't know how you describe it. It's like salami in a plastic. It's like an orange plastic yeah. wrap with with metal things on the end. Do you ever, do you ever go those? Some of the shops around here they have like 50, 60 variants of those things in there. I don't buy them, but then sometimes you'll get them in like a platter, and they're always good. They are good. Yeah, they are good. But there's so many to try that you kind of yeah, I'm scared like I scared away what, by yeah, choice. Exactly. I wouldn't know what to do with them. I'm not. I'm not at that culinary level. You know, what am I going to do with this giant sausage-looking thing? You can just slice it and eat it with cheese is what I've done. And that's, yeah. that's quite satisfying. You know, you can't be bothered to cook. Maybe had a few beers, come in, that thing's there. Go for it. Just take a nibble. Slice away. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry, Dave. We'll throw it back to you. So, because the, the, the poll I put up on Twitter ended up as 50-50, so the, the argument could not be settled. Can you guys help me settle this argument? It's not, no. it's not a sausage. It's not a sausage. It's a meat waffle. Well, I, I, I'm not talking. I don't mean the um, the the meat waffle. I'm talking about just beef sausage in general. If it had been made of pork, I'd have agreed with you. But now I'm just totally thrown off. See, I think I think actually, to me, the sausage is the shape. Yeah. So if you if you wrap no. beef in a in a sausage shape in a, one of those like very unhealthy skins. Hmm. Then I yeah, can buy right, it as a actually. sausage. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't go the other way. What's the other way? A pork, but oh, I suppose it does. Oh, I don't know because I had a pork, a pork and apple burger not long ago. Do you know what? This is just. I'm questioning my whole vein of reality now. <laughs> this has been. This has been enlightening. And I feel it's been questions. A successful need, segment. I feel questions need to be asked, but to, to the Scots, and they need to be answered. So, thank you, Dave. This is. Uh, both embarrassed and educated me. I'd like to make you all think. That's that's the aim of the uh, of the segment, I think. I've make got a little, a tiny piece for Kebab Corner, and it was it was uh, the, uh, last week. I was, we were filming on a bowling alley. Um, the one of the benefits of that is um, very rarely do you do you get to bowl continuously for about half an hour with no one. You get your own lane. And you just bowl continuously, and it's amazing how quickly you get better at it, and um, and how sore your legs are the next day. But it, it got me thinking: why are bowling alleys in the UK? It's not true in, in the states. Why in the UK are bowling alleys one of the most worst places to be in the world? Why 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 are they so depressing? The floors horrible, the decors horrible, the seating's horrible, the, the clientele are horrible. Oh, Everything's horrible. I they have like, arcades. I like bowling alleys. I think over here, bowling alleys. It's a, it's this thing you do for like a party or with a few mates. Whereas in the states, it's more of a sport. 
yeah, I think it's they, they, serious, they, yeah. they take it more serious, so it's sort of the surrounding is more um, enticing and getting people to hang around. Whereas I think in a UK one, it's just sort of get in, bowl for a bit, go on the arcade machines and go home. There's not really so, a hanging around element. So grim. So grim. There, there, that's, there needs to be an upgrade in the UK bowling market, I think, to be, you know, to be in a place that's actually quite nice to be in, you know. Mm. Like you get you get dodgy uh, pubs, right? And then you get good pubs. It's you like want you one want... of these cinemas that like serve you a pizza halfway through, and like, but you no, I don't want that. Alley. No, I don't want that. I just I I don't want to be in a bowling alley that feels like a warehouse with a uh, shit carpet. You, you, this is uh, this is a southern thing again. I, I hate to say it. I, it? I hate you to say it. Posh. This is a no, I just want to be in a, a nice place. I, I want to go to a bowling alley where I feel comfortable and it's got nice. What's seats making you uncomfortable not... in the bowling alley? Uh, it's just grim, man. It's just you know, it smells and just just not nice places. Listen to yourself. You need to go out amongst the people now and then. I want the people to be dragged up with me. <laughs> Trickle you got down. that creepy guy from Uncle Book hanging around you. <laughs> I've been. I, I, we've been to the bowling. You know, bowling alleys in the states much nicer places. Don't feel so oppressive. Doesn't feel like you're you know in the in the, in the, 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 the you know the working man's club on a council estate. Which is basically what you feel like when you go to a like Hollywood Bowl, isn't it? I mean, there's like fag burns in the carpet and everything, and spilled pints and blood from fights and stuff. They're, come <laughs> yeah. on, you can see they're, they're not nice so. places. Something a good night to me, that. I'd love to go there. <laughs> I'm sold. Rich, you ever been bowling in the UK? Um, no, I have not. You'd be disappointed. It's not <laughs> a good experience. <laughs> uh, I actually think of the bowling hours. I've been to a few bowling hours in the US. Weirdly, because we always used to go there when I worked over there. Um, I thought our bowling alleys were nicer because they were chains, whereas I thought the the independent bowling alleys were a bit rough and ready, at least where I was in the States. I I can see Gav being one of these guys who could take it really seriously, turns up with his own shoes, his own ball, shining it in the corner. He's printing off his own shirt. You know know me well, Dave. That that is... is, (laughs) The bowling poshos. Yeah, I have a bowling podcast. I don't I do. I do have a few different techniques, though. And I was practicing the other day. The old thumb out spin technique. You, know, you do the whole thing where it high. curls in. Yeah, the whole thing. You, cur- yeah, you kind of roll it, and it goes from one side to the other and back. Highly volatile. You either gut a ball every time, or you get I, a strike. I just want to say one thing to end this, Dave. Uh, Gav plays with the rails up. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do, don't we? <laughs> Right, listen, we've got to wrap it up there. We've got so long. Um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cyrope. This follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart. And follow Gav at GM Boom Up. And follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. Uh, thanks for all joining us. And, and it's been lucky so far, so I'll say it again. Uh, I hope you join us next week at 5 and 0. Uh, we'll see you later. See you later. Thanks, guys. See you. Yeah!